Hey everybody, what's going on? Uh, I hope you're having a good day, or a good evening, or a good morning. I wanted to make this video because I have uh, a big announcement to make, and that announcement leads into today's topic. So, uh, if you've been following me on social media, you will know that I have written my first article for the Hardcore Casuals, and um, the link for that will be down below. I don't know if I can put it up in the card yet, I'm gonna try. But if not, check the description box down below for the link to that article. Uh, that's what today's topic is going to be about. Not the fact that I got a, essentially a part writing the article, but what my article was about. And my article was about games as a service. Now, if you've been living under a rock for the past, let's see, five years? Shit. I mean, you've been living under the rock for the past five years and you don't know what a game, at, games as a service uh, is or are. Uh, I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to kind of give my thoughts on uh, how I feel about them, and just to give you my opinion on whether or not I think they're good or bad. The short answer of that is I think they can be good um, when they're done right and they're given the proper attention, uh, details, and care. However, I think as... Whoops, dropped my fucking pen. I think as the industry has shown us... Um, there are people who are not giving them the tender attention, love, and care that they need, and that's uh, that's a little disheartening. But uh, we're going to go into it, we're going to break it down, and I'm essentially going to summarize uh, different points uh, from the article. So if you are into words and you like reading, please feel free to go read the article and leave a comment down there for me and the rest of the hardcore casuals uh, if you prefer to watch the video that is appreciated as well but let's get into it so a game as a service or games as a service because you know games as a service sounds better than game as a service uh there are a category of games that have um a pretty nice amount of post-launch content um to them and they have post-launch attention given by the developers and, and all this kinds of stuff and they're essentially building a game as a platform. Now, this may sound familiar because MMOs have been doing this shit for years. And you're 100% right. When you look at a game like World of Warcraft, it came out in 2004 and they're still releasing expansions for it. You know, it happens every every couple of years. Um, but, it you know, they're still getting content for it and uh, they're still being, being updated. And then you think back to... Like when Call of Duty was king of uh, king of the consoles, right? You know, we had map packs. Then Borderlands 2, we had four DLCs that all contained story and contained new loot and, and new sometimes new characters and all that all that crazy stuff. Uh, but the the difference um, between like Call of Duty and everything, and what makes these games as a service more like MMOs, is uh, that they're essentially building themselves as a platform, and they they want the constant feedback and the constant uh development and that leads to i guess you could call it the main pro right like the main pro is that there's always something to play because more often than not there's a steady stream of content and that's great if you play just one game you know it, it's great if you enjoy the game you enjoy the universe and you have fun um, but it could be a big problem for some gamers like me, because when you 
essentially play a variety of games or when you're a variety gamer you play more than one thing if you have a big backlog say like i do and you play a game you play one of these gases one of these games as a service you could find yourself on the other end of burnout and i have found myself at that end very very many of times um you know one big example was about a month a couple weeks ago destiny 2 just finished had just finished their uh solstice of heroes their summer event and I sunk a good amount of time into it because I wanted the gear. I wanted, you know, to do the triumph to get, you know, uh, a t-shirt because I have every one that's happened since they started doing this. And while I had a lot of fun playing with my clan and earning the gear and just making memories and having laughs, I also didn't get to devote a lot of time to other games. Like that was the trade-off I had to make. I could do this really cool thing, but I would have to put all my other games on, you know, essentially on the back burner because of how grindy this event was. And it's from this point that pros and cons kind of stem out of this, right? You know, the, the semi-regular flow of content can be good and it can be bad. It can give you something to always do. or on the And, you know, it could give you like a more affordable option. So say you can't buy all the hottest games. Right? Say you can't shell out $60 every other month or every month to buy Borderlands 3, to buy Call of Duty Modern Warfare, to buy you know Cyberpunk 2077 in the spring. But you have, you know, say you have $30 and you can buy a season pass that's going to essentially guarantee you some form of content for the next, you know, six months. It could be really affordable. That could be a really great thing. You could still experience games. You could experience something new. Play with your friends. But on the other side of that, all of this content uh, does bring other problems that don't necessarily include burnout. So one of the big drawbacks, and I talk about this in the article, is the the commitment right like a games as a service like a destiny 2 an anthem a division 2 it it requires some form of commitment and some gamers look at it as a huge time sink and it can be you know i just talked about the solstice of heroes event it was grindy it was a time sink now the one thing is that you play with games like these you can play them all at your own pace if you're playing solo there's no rush to do anything you know, essentially, theoretically, if you play with friends, you kind of want to keep up with all your friends. Um, when you have constant updates, you have constant events, you know, you say you have like a, you know, you have bi-weekly events or you have a monthly event or, you, you know, they're doing all these things on top of the DLC campaign, on top of the end game content that resets every week. You can find yourself, la you know, behind, trailing behind everybody else whether it's your friends or whether it's the gaming community for this game uh as a whole so this requires a big investment of time and effort especially if you have that completionist mentality and you want to see and you want to do as much if not everything that the game has to offer now before i talked about that i talked about the fact that the the this um style of of games right this uh, i can't think of the word right now it's escaping me but you know um 
games as a service can be very affordable. And it's true. They can be. If it's the only game you play, it can be a lot more affordable than shelling out $60 every, you know, every month, right? However, on the other end, they could also be a big financial investment. So let's take let's take a look at, at, at Destiny 2. Their DLC typically delivers new endgame content. And if you're constantly playing and you're keeping up to, to date with your character's level and your gear score and all that stuff, you're going to be doing endgame content, especially if you enjoy it and you have friends that do it. Um, it's Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 have had bigger expansions that have costed, that have cost, you know, cost, costed, I can't talk right now, uh, around $30 each. So what I mean, what I mean by this is I mean like the Taken King or Forsaken, right? These are big expansions that are, have big story campaign missions, new game modes, gear, new end game activities, you know, a whole bevy of changes, uh, some of which aren't free, some of which are, and that's a big kind like that's a big financial sink right there. So it's thirty. So you pay say sixty dollars. Now you're paying an extra thirty for these big things. On top of that, developers like Bungie and like Respawn Entertainment, the guys who are making Apex Legends, do something like a season pass or an annual pass or a battle pass. Now what that is is that gets you nice chunks depending on again the game and the model. Nice chunks of content. So like Destiny's battle uh annual pass gave you uh three little like they called them seasons right so they net they net you these three experiences that are self-contained whereas a battle royale like apex legends their battle pass is for x amount of time and it unlocks you new cosmetics new voice lines new gun skins stuff like that that is fairly cheaper. Battle Royales typically do them about $10 a battle pass. However, the other side of that argument is they do battle passes a little bit more frequently than um, like an annual pass. So like Destiny's annual pass came out uh, with Forsaken's launch, which was a year ago. And it has the annual pass content lasted us. Every season's been about three months. So you're looking at nine months of content. Um the problem is this content isn't always uh, the best. So, for example, take the Joker's Wild DLC for Destiny 2. It added two new game modes. It added The Reckoning and Gambit Prime, right? And these modes had their own gameplay loop. You went into The Reckoning, you offered a tribute, you know, you put a token in the machine, you completed the activity, you got armor that was specifically geared and designed towards Gambit and Gambit Prime. It was fun, it was rewarding if you liked Gambit. If you didn't like Gambit, this DLC really didn't offer too much for you. It did offer some things. There were, you know, there were certain missions that offered, you know, little mini cutscenes and full-fledged cutscenes, like, there were things to do and there were things to get, but if you weren't really into Gambit and you prepaid for the whole annual pass, so you prepaid for Black Armory, Joker's Wild, and Penumbra, you essentially were out of luck. Um, and that sucks. So another big problem, not big problem, but another problem that faces games as a service 
is balancing issues. So when you have Destiny, Destiny has player versus environment and it has player versus player. It's hard for Bungie to balance player versus player because if they go in to tweak guns and player versus player, that may in turn completely break the guns and make them overpowered or completely useless in player versus environment, in the PvE side of things. Um, you know, games as a service also have like other little problems like you know server issues so i experience it a lot when i play destiny especially nowadays without an ethernet cord hooked up to my ps4 is i'll be constantly contacting destiny servers and i'll just get kicked out of the game um a lot of these games of service have these problems at launch so you know fallout 76 has had numerous occasions where players just straight up can't log into the game i remember when i streamed it uh over on twitch with hey it's salt i was constantly getting kicked out of our our server and i was constantly having to re-log in and it was annoying and it was frustrating now while these have had these issues why these games have had these issues other games have turned things around and they're now super fun they're super great they're super competitive Take a look at uh, Ubisoft's two big titles, For Honor and Rainbow Six Siege. When they both came out, they were kind of a mess. You know, For Honor, I remember people were having server issues left and right. Rainbow Six Siege, I didn't keep my, my finger on that pulse too much. But I know that there were stability issues. But now their games are, you know, they can be, they can be on the front page of streaming websites. Like Rainbow Six Siege is a huge competitive shooter right now. For Honor, I know people that still play it, and they still play it a lot, and they have a ton of fun with it, and they're constantly adding new factions and stuff to play as. They did an event with Assassin's Creed. It's really cool. Rainbow Six Siege is getting new operators uh, to play as. And, you know, speaking of Rainbow Six Siege and operators, Overwatch is still getting new characters. That's a game that's been out for years, and they're just constantly giving out free characters. Now, I personally think that there are too many characters in Overwatch and it's become a little too crowded, but that's just my personal opinion. Feel free to disagree with me down below in the contents or agree with me. And uh, yeah, you do that and we'll have a nice conversation. But um, all that being said, the stability and balancing things, these issues, these road bumps that could ensue, um, they are a, a, an ongoing problem. They're not just fixed overnight. Like, yes, stability can get better, but sometimes stability is still bad. And sometimes the game has to go down for a couple hours so the developers can fix it. And they can sour a player's experience. And they have. But I don't think that that's the deciding factor when you're talking about the quality of this model of games. When... When games as a service does things right, right? Like stability is great. Balancing is pretty good. Um, the loot's great. Like there's a nice gameplay loop. There's a nice end game. The story's fun. When it does these things right and when they're constantly, you know, when they're consistently, not constantly, but consistently releasing quality content, you and your friends can have endless adventures. I mean, I still have adventures with my clanmates till this day. And I don't play Destiny 2 nearly as much as I did Destiny 1. You'll find that people will always be on and someone will always be doing something. Whether they're your friends or they're random players in the game. And games as a service can be great social hubs in that regard. 
the other thing they do really well, and this is something that I'm going to talk about probably in a future video and hopefully uh, in a future article, is they break up the monotony of yearly content releases. So instead of getting, you know, a sequel every year to a franchise, you're just getting one game that evolves. Like Destiny 1 ran for like, almost four years until destiny two came out and it was like three just about almost four years and it just evolved over time instead of releasing destiny in 2014 and then destiny 2 in 2015 and then destiny you know black armory penumbra you know you know what i'm saying instead of doing that it evolved and i think i think that's great because the big trend for triple a games for a while has been releasing yearly sequels or spin-offs for a franchise and we've come to notice that these sequels and spin-offs have had a tendency to become lesser quality or unwanted and they've led to franchise fatigue i mean Ubisoft took to big criticism for a while because it was just every year was Assassin's Creed every year. And I'm not saying that they were all bad because like Assassin's Creed four was fantastic. Some people say it's not really an Assassin's Creed game because you're a pirate. I tell them fuck off. Edward Kenway's the man, but you know, unity had its problems. Unity had a lot of problems. Rogue really was just a recolor of four. And you know, Ubisoft took all of that criticism and finally they were like, all right, we're going to take a break. Let's, we're going to do Assassin's Creed Origins, not next year. Well, let's wait two years and then we'll bring it back. And you know what? Origins was fantastic. Everyone liked Origins. I don't think there were, um, you know, I'm not saying it was the best game of the franchise or the best game that came out that year, but people liked it a lot, you know? They, you know, so Ubisoft started to kind of turn things around, but you have companies like Activision and EA that are still pulling out new Call of Duties and new sports games every year. And I'm not saying you can't like those games, and I'm not saying that they're not fun, because they are. I love playing Madden with my friends sometimes when I go over to his house, and I'm super excited for the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare that's coming out. But when you look at it, is EA is essentially releasing the same game every year just with a new coat of paint on it. When it comes to like Madden and NBA, you know, maybe they'll introduce a new like a new superstar story mode or they'll introduce, you know, maybe a new tweak to the controls, but it's not overall that different. But when you have a game like The Division 2 that's always on, well the choice is up to you when you want to put the game down. And when you want to come back. And I think that's really cool. I think that's like a really big plus to games as a service. You, Because I've done it before. I've said, listen, I'm done playing Destiny for a while. I got the thing that I needed to get done done. I'm going to go tackle some of the games on my backlog. And I've enjoyed myself. I did that in Destiny 1, right? Between um, the Age of Triumph and Destiny 2's launch. I took a break for about a month. And it was super great. And I came back to Destiny 2 refreshed, recharged, and I was ready to go. So I'm going to end this video and this podcast, if you're listening on Anchor. Thank you, by the way, uh, for listening. I'm going to end by uh, asking you guys a question. 
and then I'm going to give my answer to that question. Do you think games as a service is the direction that the industry is going and it, it's one of the better things to happen to the industry? Or do you think it's the best thing to happen to the industry? You know, let me know in the comments if you're watching the YouTube video. If you're on Anchor, you can come into my Twitch. Link will be down below in the description. You know, twitch.tv slash phantomkingx. And you can come and discuss this with me because I'm going to be talking about this probably this week or next week. But here's my opinion. I think it depends. It depends on how you interact with video games as a whole. You know, when everything when everything's working as it's intended to work, games as a service can be fantastic playgrounds that you not only get to experience wonderful stories and fantastical, you know, adventures, but you get to make your own. Um, like, Salt and I have just as much fun goofing off in Fallout 76, trying to do one stupid thing, as, you know, just as much as we have doing the quests and, you know, finding awesome rare loot. But they can also be buggy, unpromised messes. Again, Fallout 76 came out. It was in a horrible state. It had bad PR written all over it. Anthem came out, and it wasn't what the developers promised, and people were mad, and rightfully so. This can lead gamers to lose faith in a new franchise, in a already existing franchise and in the developer and i you know that sucks honestly but overall i think that this trend of having a game as a service i think it's going to be here for a little bit i don't know if it's going to be here indefinitely just like i don't know if battle royales are going to be here indefinitely i think they're fun you know i think it's it's what they're doing is cool and i think they're going to stay for a while but I, I don't know where the industry is going right now. Maybe that'll make itself apparent. You know, everyone thought that, you know, VR was going to take off right from the get. But VR has been a slow burn. Everyone thought everything's going digital. And honestly, not really. Physical copies still come out. Um, if a game... I, I, I'm going to leave it with this thought. And this was the last line I written in the article. And I, and I think this is, this is true for any gamer and anything. Not just games, but you could apply this, you know, swap out games as a service with the word anything. So if a game as a service or if anything interests you, try it out. Because honest to God, you'll never know what you like until you try it. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's video and today's podcast. If you want to read the article in full for yourself, uh, you can click the link down below in the description box. If you're listening on Anchor, uh, I will include the link in the description as well. Um, if you guys have any comments, please leave them down below on YouTube. Also, if you're on Anchor, you can come over to the Discord and you can, you know, we can chat about it there. Or you can find me on Twitch every Tuesday, Thursday, and every other Friday uh, streaming games as a service and streaming a multitude of other games. If you remember, if you liked this video, uh, please feel free to hit the like button. And if you want to see more videos like this, feel free to hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell to know when another video like this goes live. Uh, thank you again for watching, guys, and thank you again for listening. I hope you guys have a fantastic night. I hope you guys have a great day, uh, and I will see you next time.